0: my father's house. Come and go with me to my father's house. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of room. The big, big table with lots and lots of food and a big, big yard where we can play football. It's a big, big house. It's my father's house. Anybody heard that song before? I was all like set to try to mastering on guitar and come down the aisle singing it today we could all sing it together but I got tied up a little bit yesterday longer than I thought I would be and I'm thankful for it I'm thankful for a lot of things and I hope that we can kind of look at that this month as we take a step of faith together about our thankfulness in our lives I'm thankful for uh Judge George good job I'm thankful for Joey powerful thank you I mean to be the backups, 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 that was really good, and it touched me. Seriously, though, thank you very much for that. Lisa, a good job. Um, Mike, thanks for doing those three songs for me. Thankful for a lot of things. Thankful that yesterday, um, I'm thankful that I got to go to Skyline, Chile. I went back to northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area. And I'm thankful for that. I got to eat some Skyline. I had two or three Skyline cheese conies. You guys know that I love my Skyline. And I just don't understand why Hartford doesn't have one. Maybe because I might be the only person eating there every day. But uh, Chris probably go with me. Right? Me and Chris go up there every day. Scott, you go. A few of us. But I'm thankful that I had that opportunity. I'm thankful for the reason why I was there. Uh, yesterday... I was blessed to go to a band competition in Norwood, Ohio, Cincinnati. And at that band competition, my nephew, uh, who plays trumpet, he's uh, done a duet with me here before, and we'll do another one here in the not-too-distant future, he plays for Simon Kenton High School. And Simon Kenton was going to be there performing, and I promised him I'd come see. And I was thankful that at that same competition was Holmes High School. And Holmes High School is a school I worked with for many years before uh, moving here. And some of the kids that I once had in that band are now the instructors of that band. I got to catch up with them, see some old friends. I'm thankful for the fact that at that competition yesterday, Ohio County Band was there. And boy, did they represent. 27 bands, all the same size, from Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, and maybe one from Tennessee, and Ohio County got second place. And I I was just thrilled by that because a couple of those young men, the trumpet players, I've had them as students since 8th grade. So it was one of those tear-jerking moments. And because of that, though, because they did so well, we stayed. We stayed till the very bitter end to see if they were going to actually maybe even win it all. And the thing that people kept saying, don't worry, you should be thankful because you're going to pick up two hours on the way back home tonight. Because that's Eastern time zone. We're coming back to Central time zone. And then, of course, as you all know, we fell back an hour last night. That's how they tricked me. (laughs) It was 2 a.m. when I got home. Then that turned quickly to 1 a.m. And then, unfortunately, Levi got sick. That's why him and Amy aren't here with us today. And uh, then the next thing I know, we've we've got a lot of people out today. I think we've got quite a few that are maybe at Latonia Christian, my dad's church today. Uh, some of our families who have kids in the band are saying they were going there this morning. And we've got quite a few that, unfortunately, have got this stomach bug that's going around. But let me tell you, at 1 a.m., or maybe it was 2 a.m., however that works out with the time change, last night when I got home, I was so thankful for my home. I was thankful to be home in Hartford. I was thankful to be off the road. I was thankful to be out of the car. And I was thankful to finally be here. Because the uh, bottom line is, there's no place... Like home. And we, we all know that it's fun to travel. It's fun to go. It's fun to go visit places that you used to live or that you grew up. It's definitely fun to get skyline chilling. You know, I enjoy those band competitions, especially when we win. Um, but still, there's no place like home. So today, I want to look at what our home actually is. Cause I could easily say, I went home to northern Kentucky. And no one would be offended. By that, I grew up there. I spent 30 years of my life there. And just like whenever I left there, I could say, I'm going home to Hartford, Kentucky. And no one up there would be offended because I know that this is my, my home now. But the fact is, these are merely earthly homes. So let's look at first, what is our earthly home? Has anybody ever been to these quick, uh, quick, quick, cliff dwellings? I was looking, we're going out west next summer, I'm going to go out to Colorado and Wyoming, and I, I was looking at a place in Colorado that had some of these uh, cliff dwellings. Has anybody ever been there? They're amazing. I mean, they, they really are spectacular to, to see how uh, these, these Indians lived back uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, literally building their houses in the cliff. And whenever I'm thinking of earthly homes, I'm thinking, that's about as earthly of a home as you could possibly get. But so is the parsonage. And so is your house, right? Because they're all just made of materials from, from the earth, whether they're literally in the cliff or not. It's kind of like our earthly home. We could almost describe it like a tent. And you you pitch a tent, you go out, maybe you put it in your backyard, you put it up at the campground, you go out in the woods, maybe some of you all do the Appalachian Trail, You you put your tent up as you're going along, you know that it's not going to be there forever. Even if you think, I'm going to put this tent up, and I'm going to live here forever, it, it won't last forever. You're going to have you know, a hard time keeping that thing up without blowing over in the wind or, or a storm. Even a wind like today, a tent would be hard. See, the fact is, it's going to be temporary. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 says, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, We will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We're talking about our earthly home. We're talking about our bodies. And just like that tent that you might put in your backyard or a campground, it is temporary. And we we all know that. That's that's life. I'll soon be 39 years old again. The second year in a row. I'll soon be 40 years old. And the whole time I'm thinking, what happened? What happened? I was just turning 30 yesterday. I was just a really young preacher at 26 years old just yesterday, or so it seemed. But time marched on. Those kids that I had in the Holmes Marching Band, who are now the instructors, time marched on those kids that were just 7th and 8th graders, it seems like just yesterday when, when I moved down here and became your all's preacher at, at Hartford Christian Church and started working up in Ohio County with the Trumpets who are graduating this year. that just performed their last marching band show yesterday. Time March, on. And as cool as it is that my nephew is only a freshman, tomorrow he'll be in college. It's temporary. It's like that, that dust in the wind. Here today, it's gone tomorrow. Our bodies are like that. And we all know it. Some of us realize it more than others. Some of us are starting to realize it more than others. But even though our bodies here on earth are just our temporary homes, let's not mistake that it is still an opportunity, a treasure to us. Our earthly home should be a treasure to us. Now, How many of you have treasures in your home? Maybe it's a picture or uh, a photo album. Uh, Maybe it's your trophy case. Uh, Maybe um, it's something that you've won along the way. Ty Ralph is going to have two trophies real soon about growing the biggest pumpkin. Guys, we talk about it all year long, and every year Ty beats us. What's up? Y'all got to start growing some bigger pumpkins next year, and I bet he grows a bigger one too. But he's proud of that. He's proud of that. He should be, because he worked hard to make sure that he had a bigger pumpkin than Brother Mikey. And the rest of you all didn't even bring pumpkins. Just saying, I got second place. I'm taking it. That's a treasure. What else, though? What else do you have that's just kind of like a treasure? The fact is, we could talk about all these material things and trophies and things that we, we, we like. But is that a true treasure? Maybe to a certain extent. But what about just the fact that you live in a house that believes in Jesus Christ? Folks, there's no greater treasure than that. If you live in a house that is a house that goes to church because they want to follow Jesus, that is a treasure worth showing off, being proud of, and grasping onto. Proverbs uh, 15, the first part of verse 6 says, In the house of the righteous there is much treasure. Not Not trophies or things or picture albums. Not that. It's that that treasure that we have because we know that we have Jesus. Do you have that treasure in your home? See, the, the fact is, our earthly homes, our bodies, we have a responsibility. We most certainly have a responsibility not only to live a life following that path of righteousness, but also to take care of ourselves. Now, I don't know about you all, but I fall short at this sometimes. Case in point, I ate four cheese conies yesterday at Skyline. That might not be the most healthy thing to do. And look, I'm not sure that there's anything wrong with that. Maybe I start doing that every single day. Uh, I could have a real problem with my health. I promise you that. Other things that we put into our bodies, we know that we shouldn't. And we've got to make sure we take this responsibility to take care of ourselves very seriously. We have a responsibility, like Joey talked about earlier, to take the body of Christ very seriously. We have a responsibility to live in a righteous manner. And we've got to do that very seriously every day of our lives. And I know I probably say this almost every single week, don't I? We cannot be Sunday morning only Christians. We've got to be everyday Christians. And we've got to be everyday Christians every single day. That's our responsibility while we're on our earthly home. Because our bodies, like I was saying a second ago, taking care of ourselves, our earthly home is also a temple. Uh, We've just gone uh, from what? From tents to treasures to temples. And we're just talking about our earthly homes. Well, guess what? This temple was temporary. This, uh, this temple doesn't exist today. It's gone. Rome tore it down. We're talking about 2,000 years ago, Rome tore it down. This is just uh, what we think it probably looked like, the temple in Jerusalem. See, that's not our temple anymore, as folks that follow the Lord. That's not our temple. Our temples are our bodies. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 is going to, just again, reaffirm this. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Now, I want to really look at this verse for a second. That indwelling gift of the Holy Spirit that we get whenever we go through the death burial and resurrection of baptism because we believe and want to follow Jesus Christ a temple for the holy spirit lives inside of us that's pretty awesome really it's pretty awesome that's the help that we need but what does it say next there because what we do not belong to ourselves we wait a minute i don't belong to myself that's hard for us to grasp, I think. Because we have free will. We choose for ourselves. We decide what we're going to do. We make our own decisions. Absolutely, we do. But we have been bought at a very high price the blood of our Savior. We do not belong to ourselves. We have a responsibility to understand that because we believe we belong to Jesus, He paid the price for us. So what does the verse say next? You must honor God with your body. Now, let that sink in for a minute. You must honor God with your body. What exactly does that mean? It means ourselves. Our whole selves. Not just part, not just some, but all of us. I think Joey mentioned on Wednesday night, we were talking about Some of the the fruits of the spirit, and uh, the, the, for lack of a better way to put it, the the fruits of of the flesh, the sins of the flesh, if you will. When we talk about ourselves and giving ourselves fully to God, that's not just staying away from those sins that we know, like lust and stealing and murdering and cheating. We're talking about giving ourselves to God. We're talking about also having the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the self-control. That's giving ourselves fully to God. Because when you have that love, that joy, that peace, that patience, that kindness, that goodness, that faithfulness, that gentleness, and that self-control, guess what? Then those other things you're going to stay away from. That lust, that murder, that deceit, those lies, that cheating, those bad thoughts. We've got to give ourselves in our earthly homes fully to God. We must honor God's. Honor God with our body. With our body. That's not just the physical. It's also right here. We've got to honor God with our minds. When we do these things, when we honor God when we realize that we should worship Him with all that we have and that He has bought us at a very high price, then that's when I think we can really start to maybe comprehend our forever home. Our earthly home, that temporary, okay, we get it. But what about our forever home? I love this little doggy picture, looking for my forever home. Do you have it? No, dog, you're not coming to my house. But think about us saying that to our Lord. Do you have my forever home, Lord? Do you have it? Because here's how you answer. Yes. I've prepared a place for you. I've got a place for you. When we get to our forever home, folks, we're talking about our victory. That is awesome. That victory that we get to have, even though we didn't really earn it, Christ earned it for us. We received it by following him. That victory that Ohio County Band had yesterday, oh, I got to share in it. But it was those kids' victory. They're the ones that worked hard. I'm the one that had the victory just because I saw the smiles on their faces. What about that victory? Can you imagine that day when we share that victory together? When we come before the throne of God as a church family and we say, We're Hartford Christian Church, Lord. Can you imagine that victory? It is going to be spectacular, to say the least. Can you imagine the day when we all get to heaven? Oh, what a day, what a glorious day that will be, that day when we all see Jesus. We're going to sing and we're going to shout for victory. This song we sang earlier. Who else loves that song? All of us? Everybody raise your hand. Okay, good. You should, probably. (laughs) This song was written by Eliza Edmund Hewitt. She's got an interesting story. She wrote quite a few songs. This is one of her most famous one. Um, you can see a long, long time ago. I think she wrote this one back in the 1890s, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Eliza uh, had a bright young future. She had become a school teacher. Had passed the test to be a school teacher, and she was early on in her school teacher career uh, when they went outside in the schoolyard one day, and one of the boys threw a large rock or a cinder block of some kind, playing and uh, evidently it accidentally hit her right in the spine. And from then on, the rest of her life, and at that time she was only 20-some years old, she was basically an invalid. She had a hard time getting around, had a hard time getting out of bed. She would really have some times where she could do that, uh, get out of bed for a while, uh, but typically if she would do too much, she'd be down on her back and uh, she'd be stuck in her bed, uh, sometimes for weeks, if not months uh, at a time. And this might seem like a sad story because she really had aspired to be a great teacher. But instead she would turn into a great writer and a poet. And this song to her meant a little something different than it might mean to me and you. Because to us, we're thinking about that day when we all get to see Jesus. And we should, all, we should all just be so glorious in our thought thinking about that. We should all smile and rejoice thinking about that. But she was also thinking about the fact that on that day she would have no more pain. On that day she could walk. On that day, she wouldn't have any more issues. And, and you can kind of see her even from this picture. with uh, Her left hand there is, is, is drawn up, and she's, uh, I believe, leaning on a chair because she was having a hard time. You can kind of, you can kind of tell when you look at the picture that, that this young lady suffered. But she knew that one day she'd get it for everybody. One day soon, she'd get it forever home when she saw Jesus. Folks, that day is coming. And oh, what a victory. Oh, what a day it will be. That day when we get our mansion that's just over the hilltop. Boy, we're going to have something to celebrate that day, aren't we? Anybody ever play that game um, back in school days, probably? We called it MASH. Anybody? A few of us. And yeah, uh, you put m-a-s-h up there and you would do some kind of number thing and you scratch off and that was going to tell you what kind of house you're going to have when you grew up would it be a mansion an apartment a shack or you guessed it a house well whenever we have jesus in our lives there is no guessing to have you will have a mansion because what did jesus say john 14 1 and 2 king james version let not your heart be troubled Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'd go to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you. That's what Jesus is talking to his guys, right? If this wasn't the case, guys, I wouldn't tell you that this is the case. But it is. So I'm telling you. There's mansions waiting for you. There's many rooms. There's lots of place. It's going to be a big, big house. There's going to be lots of room. There's going to be a table with lots of food. There's going to be a big yard so that we can play football. And I'm going to be on the Bears, just letting you know. There's going to be a Wrigley Field on every corner. Whatever it may be that you can just imagine in your wildest dreams, the fact is there's going to be no sadness. There's going to be no suffering. There's going to be no sorrow. And we are going to be in what? The presence of God. Wow, that big house is going to be fun. Oh, what a day it will be. We're talking about the fact that if you live 100 years in this temporary dwelling, what is 100 years to eternity? It's nothing. It's a snapshot. It's a brief moment. This test that we live in right now, determining what we will do for eternity, Do not underestimate the importance of the responsibility that we have. See, our citizenship here on earth, like our bodies, temporary. Instead, we are citizens. We are members of God's family, like it says in Ephesians 2.19. We're part of that family of God, like we sing about every week on the way out the door. That family of God is eternal. Wow! Wow! I hope that you all are thinking about this right now the way I am because it puts a big smile on my face. Wow, how blessed we are to know what it says in Philippians chapter three, verse twenty and twenty-one. Our citizenship is in heaven. We eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Later on, it says who will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. Our citizenship is in heaven. Let us not ever forget that. Our citizenship now, our temporary one, with it comes great responsibility, without a doubt. But our citizenship in heaven that we have already and we will soon go back to, that's our forever home. And Although we may not be in a hurry right now, because in our earthly bodies we may not ever fully understand or be able to grasp, The fact is, we can say with confidence and with a smile on our face and joy in our heart that when we have our faith in Jesus Christ, we know that one day, Lord, I'm coming home. I'm coming home, Lord. Thank you for that opportunity. This song we're going to sing in a minute. I'm going to end you today with a story about William J. Kirkpatrick. He had his hand in hundreds of hymns that we sing. Sometimes he might be credited, sometimes he might not. But Kirkpatrick was a professor of music. And later on in his life, uh, early in his life, he was uh, doing a revival. I believe he was preaching at this revival. And one of the soloists that was coming in to sing uh, would often, um, that week of the revival, was doing his part, singing the solo, and then not staying for the service. So he was staying for the song, doing what he needed to do, and he wasn't listening to Kirkpatrick preach. And William Kirkpatrick was, was worried about this young man. He, he was worried about his salvation. Not because he wasn't staying to hear the message, but because he really didn't want to stay to listen to the message. He, he thought he had concern. He had concern that this young man was even saved. So he wrote this song, Lord, I'm coming home. He just wrote it in one day and handed it to the young man to sing that night. And he said, the story goes that that night the man stayed. And by the end of the week, he came down the aisle and he gave his life to Jesus. That's awesome. Later on in his life, William Kirkpatrick, into his 80s, was at his desk. And his wife said, Professor, it's time to come to bed. And Kirkpatrick said, in a minute... I've got something in my head right now. I'm writing a new song. I think it's going to be good. Um, I'll, I'll be in in a minute. So she went on to bed without him. And some time passed, and she fell asleep and woke up and realized that the light was still on in the study. So she called for the professor again. Only this time, he did not answer. And she got up to find her beloved husband, passed away on his desk, having written his last poem. It's called... Just as thou wilt. These are the words she would find. Just as thou wilt, Lord, this is my cry. Just as thou wilt to live or die, I am thy servant. I am thy servant, thou knowest best. Just as thou wilt, Lord, labor or rest. Just as thou wilt, Lord, which shall it be? Life everlasting, waiting for me. Or shall I tarry here at thy feet, just as thou wilt, Lord, whatever is me. And I read that story this week in preparation for today's sermon. It really struck me. Are we submitting to God in our earthly temporary bodies? Are we truly saying, Lord, just as you will? Because my body is your temple. Are we able to say, Lord, whatever your will may be, I'm ready. Because I know that life everlasting in my forever home is waiting for me. We should be able to do that. Because that day's coming. Oh, what a glorious day it'll be. Whenever, Lord, we're coming home. Would you please bow with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very, very much for allowing us to live in this temporary home. Giving us the ability to freely worship you and to glorify you. Help us to do that, Lord. Lord, we thank you so very, very much for preparing a forever home for us, for making us citizens of your great kingdom. Lord, help us to understand the responsibility that comes with that. Lord, we thank you so very much for that life everlasting that's waiting because of your Son, Jesus. That's why in his most precious name we now pray. Amen.